0: Definitely Dr. Phil. Uh, and then... What would you sext him? On my penis. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Bituation Room. This is episode 17, and it is going to be good. I always say it's going to be good, and then... It's a lot of pressure on my guests, and um, I like that. I like them to feel highly uncomfortable in the situation (laughs) room. Uh, I am your host, Francesca Fiorentini. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. Thank you for all you repeat listeners, you know, the people who press play twice. Thanks for all your reviews. Keep them coming. You kind of like fell off there. Just... Keep reviewing this podcast on iTunes because that's how libertarians discover it. And then, uh, you know, we slowly begin the revolution uh, now that their holiday has ended and the government has been reopened. <laughs> in the situation room with me are two awesome people. I have Blanca Missé, who is an organizer here in the Bay Area. She works around education and is also working around the March 8th International Women's Strike, but the Oakland chapter of that. Welcome, Blanca. How are you?
2: I'm fine. Very happy to be here. Oh, thank
1: you for being here. I'm happy to have you. And also here is Kevin Kamiya. He is a stand-up comedian who is open for the likes of Ali Wong. And he has two albums on Spotify and iTunes. He is so funny if you get a chance to see him. Oh, thank you. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much for having me
1: you're welcome you ready to dig into venezuela
0: i'm ready i can't you get it your... off my mind <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm doing good i'm ready to do this um Hell thank yeah. you for sending links uh, to,
1: <laughs> so i can read
0: up on stuff
1: you're welcome anytime mm. um i don't use facebook anymore so i just spam people now Nice. when i want to say stuff i just spam them my comments only 140 characters but I do it. (laughs) Uh, We start off every bitchuation room the exact same way, asking our guests and myself, what are you bitching about now? We're in the middle of the first month of the new year, uh, and I want to know, Blanca, what are you bitching about?
2: So until yesterday, I was bitching a lot about the government shutdown, of course. Okay. 800,000 workers not getting a paycheck for a month. It's pretty outrageous, but also about... The BCRI, the Bergman um, Civil Rights Institute, that had denied the Human Rights Award to Angela Davis, right, which is a scandal, and they were they got so much pressure that they had to overturn their decision. So yesterday, two great things happened. One is that the award went back to Angela Davis, and the second thing is that the government opened up. I think it's more due than to the workers' unrest and people shutting down the airports than anything else. But sure. That was really great
1: when it was like a TSA or like an air traffic controller being like nah, mm-hmm. and then a runway had to be shut down. Uh-huh. That's when it was like oh my god,
2: there were protests everywhere in Oakland that they were they were beginning to have protests here in the in, in the airport too. Really? Yeah. So I think like they said, okay, enough is enough. <laughs> we need to come together, or they got they are gonna shut us down. <laughs> so no. I think that's uh, but you know, still like um. You know, I was I was really angry about both things. But,
1: you know, small improvements. I mean, how many bombs did you put in your shoes though, like in this time? <laughs> I mean, I've I've been testing some shit. I've been experimenting. We can talk about the shutdown a little bit later. Um, but yeah, that's a good thing to bitch about. What about Angela Davis? Can you just briefly summarize what happened?
2: Yeah, so she was, you know, she's she's from Birmingham. So she was given this award to recognize her whole trajectory for fighting for human rights, mm-hmm. you know. And she's being involved in the Black Panthers Party and in the civil rights movement. She was a member of the Communist Party. And more recently, she's taken two very important fights, the one for prison abolition and also the fight to defend Palestinian people and their rights. Mm-hmm. And so without saying it, the reasons why the, the, um, the board... Uh, rescinded the award, and Angela said, Well, this is because I've been supporting the movement to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. Right. And and so everybody got outraged that the, her hometown is not is rescinding an award to the yeah. most important person. I mean, she's an international figure, sure. she's an international intellectual. So, so there was like this amount of mail and public statements against, like Jewish Voice for Peace, like gathered thousands and thousands of signatures saying like you, you cannot do that because you know sh- this fight the fight for palestinian people mm-hmm. is part of the fight for human rights right so wh- what kind of human rights award are you giving out here and <laughs> no, so they, I... and so yesterday they had to re- review and like they're trying to rebuild trust with the public because this this organization is like has lost any credibility you know
1: no i think that's great i mean the fact that pressure worked yes and it hasn't always worked especially when it comes to justice for Palestine mm-hmm. and people who say and speak out about it like Mark Lamont Hill who was a CNN contributor who you know spoke at the in front of the United Nations and then he was fired by yes. CNN. This is the same CNN that like regularly regularly has like paid Trump surrogates like Jeffrey Lord on for years and Kaylee McEnany just to spout total lies. And because Mark Lamont Hill said something like from the river to the sea or something, you know, he's basically just a slogan mm-hmm. that, you know, Palestinians and, you know, people who like, you know, are against the occupation say during protests they were like oh you said from the river to the sea that means you don't believe Israel has a right to exist and it's like no <laughs> that's not what he said but so I'm so glad that finally the pressure worked I didn't know that it was her hometown and yes. that's even more it's
2: even more crazy
1: crazy and important so yay Angela Davis big ups um, big ups Angela Davis I hope you're yeah, listening yeah
2: big ups <laughs> let's uh, dedicate this radio show to Angela Davis fuck
1: yeah Kevin what are you bitching about
0: oh. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. <laughs> my, my this is a little too heavy.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: No, it's not really that heavy at all. I uh, this is just what I thought about today. Uh, <laughs> I'm 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 originally from San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then uh, I come up here to visit quite often. And every time I visit my friends' apartments in San Francisco, uh, they all they all have like a window that doesn't close all the way. <laughs> I don't know what it is. These old Victorian whatever, you know, like, there's all rent-controlled places, but there's these windows. It's freezing. It is it's freezing. freezing.
1: No, yeah, we, we are a drafty-ass city. Yeah. San Francisco yeah. is, yeah, it's totally, It's uh, it's just, you're always cold.
0: You're always cold. I mean, even inside, it's like, there's always that bathroom, the bathroom window that's just like, it never closes, and then it's open to the uh, uh <laughs> the street yeah it's like or the alleyway that the little space in between the other houses oh, and yeah. it's just
1: oh yeah the there's garbages. just some just like <laughs> p- pigeony,
0: like yeah. blustery
1: uh yeah leafs and uh, no that's i mean that's the mission that's that's so mm-hmm. much of of san francisco is uh people being cold indoors i think they just lacked like um you know, just sort of like certain screws back in the day, you know, like yeah. or, uh
0: definitely no double pane windows uh, uh, Back then
1: But also sure. you're from LA. So your skin is thin as fuck.
0: Well I, I'm <laughs> I've only lived there five years. I wouldn't say I'm from there
1: Well, but it only takes a year to have your thin your skin yeah. become that thin. Yeah,
0: yeah I've gotten some uh, injections.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think the world needs to know if you come to San Francisco, you're going to be cold as shit. If you're going to get an Airbnb, it's going to be cold. It'll be be a beautiful Victorian. But like, yeah, and windows are expensive. It's a lot of money to redo all your windows. Who the fuck has that money? Um, We're just trying to pay our rent here. So, Mm -hmm. well, I appreciate the total superficiality of that bitch because I am also, (laughs) I'm bitching about um, I love I love Cardi B as listeners of this podcast will know, uh, and she's been thrown down lately and holding it down and doing all the down things. Um, her video for this song "Twerk" came out where she and many other uh, like strong, beautiful, and very very skilled twerking black women are like just. Endless twerking in your face. I think the vid the video's got some obscene amount of views at this point and you're like, yeah Yeah, cuz it's just butts, but I support that and she has been taking heat from like conservative women online being like how can you you know put that out when you know are you objectifying your own body and uh, this is why i can't go to the women's march it's like bitch you were never gonna go to the women's (laughs) march a but also so she claps back she's been clapping back she clapped back to tommy Laren. and i'm bitching about the fact that she even does that because to me cardi b is like you're so beyond having to respond to these conservative Hoes, I'm sorry, who, um, because I'm just going to speak like Cardi B, who like clearly are trying to come after you to bite off some of your fame and to like steal some of your limelight. So I think it's fun that she talked back to Tommy Lahren. I think it's fun that she clapped back at that conservative uh, Twitter checkmark whose name i don't even know she like writes she like uh is a contributor to like the daily caller which is mm. just a very far right like borderline uh white supremacist uh bright party kind of like you know one of the sort of like intermediaries between like 4chan and fox news <laughs> you know like daily caller super irrelevant and um and i feel i'm afraid that she's going to start to rap about these conservative hoes hmm. and i'm afraid that she's going to give them more of the time of day and i like i'm oh, like don't even do yeah. that yeah, yeah yeah like don't don't mess with them
0: uh, you just
1: you 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 don't even have to respond you know
0: i i'm going to be honest with you i'm interested to hear that rap right i would like to hear it you know from cardi b i i, I don't know i think i think it's okay Maybe you can uh, speak out and use your art for whatever you want to use it for.
1: Oh, it'll be good. I'm not saying it won't be 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 good. And she'll just be like, she will drag Tommy Laren and talk about her and her like spray tan and, you know, to call her Becky a million times and just like twerk onto a photo of Tommy Laren, you know, with her mouth (laughs) open like, "Eh." and it will be beautiful. But like that just raises her profile, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and the same thing with like Trevor Noah having Tommy Laren on, which like catapulted her right. yeah having her on the daily show was like that was a win and uh like i said people who've been following me know that if you know being a leftist doesn't work out for me in about two and a half years i'm gonna just go blonde and start talking about how immigrants <laughs> are stealing our jobs and so you know i just want to warn you both
2: okay. in your aunt culture
1: in the new hey, listen <laughs> and Anne, Anne is going to um we're going to do some sort of like a ceremony where she she just breathes her evil into my body. And then they resuscitate me um, using just like car car jumpers. I mean, however, Ann Coulter also mm. m- materialize into this world. We don't know, really. Like, might was she
2: born? F- former Francesca.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then my <laughs> she might be a former me. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was totally a feminist back the. She totally. was like a. Um, she was a 70s feminist. Black
2: liberation, she was, black power, she, lesbian activist,
1: right? Who just got who She was mad at Angela Davis for stealing her thunder. There we go. And then was like, nah. She's behind the BCRI coup. And she's behind the, yes. <laughs> she's behind taking that award away from her. We figured this whole fucking thing I'm out. I'm so
2: glad I came here this morning. Oh my god.
1: The sitch for this week is Venezuela, Mm -hmm. and this is a situation that's been unfolding for many, many years, and it will continue to unfold. Because what happened this week was that the uh, Venezuelan opposition had a giant, giant march, really, really huge. And it was joined by many people who've been in the opposition for years and then folks who were not. um, And the National Assembly leader, a man named... Uh, Juan Guaido declared himself like in front of all of these people president. He like swore on a Bible. I don't even know if there was a Bible, but he just like raised his right hand and was like, I'm president. Then from there, a bunch of world leaders, namely Trump, uh, recognized that he was now the president of Venezuela and uh, many surrounding countries in Latin America did. There is an actual president of Venezuela right now. It seems like, yeah. Who is not this man. His name is Nicolas Maduro, and he was elected in 2013 after Hugo Chavez died um his government is very very different from chavez's and many would say it has basically become the worst elements of chavez's government crazy corruption uh horrible economic planning just for some background for those of you who are like why do i care about venezuela what the fuck why does why is trump and why are pence like so eager to you know uh usher in and or urge regime change in venezuela um Socialism mostly like Hugo Chavez uh, was a what he called a 21st century century socialist leader. He oversaw basically the renationalization of a lot of oil companies in Venezuela so deep renationalized them so essentially they took took them out of private hands um redirected that money towards people and social programs so education healthcare all these things um poverty went down by 50% extreme poverty went down by 70% unemployment was down literacy was down the middle class was strengthened and of course, the whole time, the right wing, specifically like media elites and oil sector elites and foreigners who like were so used to investing in Venezuela, were pissed. And they were like, you know, how dare you? This is this is not how things are supposed to run in Latin America. This is the, you know, supposed to be a sort of feeding ground for um, private sector interest from abroad. However. After his death in 2013 and Maduro being elected president, things have, again, gone totally off the rails. And from a lot of people who at one point supported Maduro and support sort of the 21st century socialist project like and support, you know, redirecting oil money, uh, although not just oil money, but redirecting money to like social programs are like, yeah, the dude Is nuts. There's been a lot of, um, again, corruption, crazy inflation, huge migratory, like uh, migration out of Venezuela into Brazil. Um, People can't feed themselves. There aren't basic goods. They're starving. Now, comes to this. We come to this week. And uh, I want to just play you a little clip because our vice president, who's really good at like not saying shit, today or this week had a lot to say. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence had, had a lot to say regarding the situation and this was right before the protests were announced and this new president sort of announced that he was president or this guy announced that he was president. Um, just take a listen to Mike Pence um, and tell me, I want to know what you guys think in terms of uh, in terms of this and where y'all stand and, and, and what are your thoughts?
2: We say to all the good people of Venezuela estamos Oh, God. <laughs> we are with you. We stand with you. And we will stay with you until democracy is restored and you reclaim your birthright of libertad. Muchos gracias. Y vayan con Dios.
0: Oh, <laughs> Wow. wow
1: oh there's so much good bad Spanish in there um he just said via con Dios that's mm-hmm. a point break line
2: mm-hmm.
1: the dude <laughs> just he just uh what's his face oh god he just brodied it Brody Bodie there's Bodie oh he just um Johnny Johnny you taught it That's a fucking Johnny <laughs> Utah <laughs> line funny. It was like if I'm going to speak Spanish I've always wanted to say mm-hmm. via con Dios yeah. Johnny, you tough a life.
0: That was awful. He sounds like the white people that order burritos in the Mission <laughs> District. That's a, that's, that's what that sounded like.
1: A, a quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said uh, to reclaim your birthright of Libertad, which kind of w- was freaky to me. I was like, oh, shit. Is this like a new Israel type thing? <laughs> like, uh-huh. or, do we have to get... You know, suddenly all the like Mormons to Venezuela and then like Jesus is coming back. Like the birthright language is super creepy. Not to mention the via con ustedes or no, estamos con ustedes. Sounds like my mom trying to learn Spanish.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Yeah, she's Chinese, but, you know, so I feel like she gets more of a pass. Here's my thing. What if Venezuelans start coming across the border? Where do we stand on that? Does that just break the like right wing time space continuum and we don't know how to feel about this country anymore and immigrants? It's something to think about. So anyway, <laughs> the biggest thing about this, right? I had a tweet. I tweeted this week. <laughs> you're welcome. Tweeted something like, I hereby declare myself the president of Venezuela mm-hmm. uh, and I await your Twitter affirmations. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, this That is totally how this works was my tweet a little few fewer ums and a lot of people retweeted it they thought it was funny a lot of people were like how dare you how dare you make fun of this situation and that that's not really what i was trying to do in fact that's sort of where i try i'm trying to lead this discussion and I'm, i'm blanca i'm interested in your thoughts is that just because this maduro government is bad uh does that then Am I suddenly throwing my like anti imperialism or like I don't think that the US should intervene politics out the window? And how are we in this moment of like you can just declare yourself president and then a bunch of world leaders will literally get on Twitter and be like, Yeah, you you prez. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is like he's not that he just this like random guy Juan Guaido just declared himself president. It's like this was an arranged plan. Like it's not – like the fact that on on the 23rd he said that, right? Right. Like but if you look at the Twitter account of Pence on the 14th, he's saying, I'm in direct conversation. I just got off the phone with Guaido and he has my full support. Right. So like – and then when Guaido did that, it was at the same time of the Davos Economic Forum with all the world leaders were gathered. So it was this kind of staged thing where he says, I declare myself president and immediately after you have like – Trump and Canada and all of these other countries and we recognize you as the new president and you have the European Union that had drafted a statement mm-hmm. and then when we, they say well we don't know, Maybe he needs to come, call for elections and then we will see and when they were asked but how did you guys make this decision? I said well the statement was ready for four weeks. Right. So, like, you know, so one thing we need to, to know is like this is like a very clear case of the US trying to stage another coup.
1: Right, they were like why is it dated January yeah. 14th? They were yeah. like oh sorry, uh, yeah, uh, oh I meant the 23rd. Yeah. Anyway, cross
2: so, that out. The so first thing we need to say is like that's the, the why the here is the agent of a very right-wing attempt to overthrow Maduro. Like, mm-hmm. And then we can discuss about Maduro and what kind of socialism or not socialism there is in, in Venezuela. I don't think there is a socialism in Venezuela, right? Mm. But, but I think the first thing is like, you know, the US has no right to interfere in the business of any other country. I mean, all the outrage about the Russia interference in our elections mm-hmm. because it's just used, manipulated Facebook or whatever. And we are recognizing other people as president of their countries. And we're sending CIA operatives and we're taking economic sanctions. I mean, you know, so I think that is a very clear position here we need to take from the left, but not only the left, working people, and to say if we don't want other countries to have a say in our co- democracy, we cannot have a say in the uh, democratic affairs and internal affairs of other countries. Sure,
1: know? no, it's so it's so blatantly hypocritical. Totally. Um, I don't know, Kevin. Are you? Do you? What do you? What did you know about Venezuela up until this point? Well,
0: and- I know that mm-hmm. that guy Guido mm-hmm. is uh, 35, which makes me feel horrible. <laughs> like, um, what have you done? Dude? Yeah, what have I done with my life?
1: Two albums, Spotify and iTunes, <laughs> yeah. you can download them right now. I'm no now.
0: president of the country, though. I mean, this guy, he's, uh, I thought uh, that's amazing. I didn't know too much about it, to be honest. And then, uh, But I'm always for, you know, for any kind of uprise like that, any kind of revolution like that where it's for the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the meddling of uh, America and other countries, i definitely not down for that. They, right. did, they did that with the Philippines. Uh Oh, I'm Filipino, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you'll learn yeah.
1: about that on his albums too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, it just doesn't—it never works. And then w- w- what I'm afraid is going to happen, and what usually happens is, is you know, there'll be everybody will be excited about the new guy, but there's going to be—it uh, won't end corruption. Mm-hmm. Just won't end it.
1: Right. I mean, it's a different kind of corruption, right? Like, from usually how it works in Latin America is that the corruption from the right is always kind of embedded with neoliberal projects of allowing your country to um, just be kind of, again, a feeding ground. Like, you are the carcass upon which, like, capital, international capital just feeds and then they take all their money elsewhere. (laughs) Now, that's not to say that Maduro hasn't also been corrupt. I mean, Blanca, I think you're right. Separating these issues out, which is like... How? What's what's the U.S.'s role? Total hypocrisy, obviously. When you are homies with Putin, when you like Duterte is your also your homeboy, Mm -hmm. and all these other sort of corrupt and um, bloody regimes, right? Um, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, for example, and you don't have Mike Pence getting, you know, saying a, a heartfelt. Although I would really like to see him try to speak Arabic, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gotta be better. Asalaamu
2: Alaikum. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> alaikum um, It's You know, the, like that, it's very clear, and that's sort of what I always go back to is like, it, you know, it'll be interesting the way that we position ourselves with Mexico. So, because, for example, most countries in Latin America like came out and supported um, Guaido and this new government, but Mexico, who is they're now under a more center left government of um, uh, Obrador Manuel Lopez Obrador, he basically was like, "I believe in the sovereignty of people; that people should have the right to self determination. I e this is not really our place." to be inserting ourselves one way or the other um, and kind of has hasn't come down for in support of Maduro or against or for Guaido. Same with the U.N. The U.N. has not taken a position on this. Um, the Organization of American States has, which is sort of a you know, that's the amalgamation of, of Latin American countries, a lot of which are very right wing mm-hmm. and a lot of which are super supported by Trump. Super. So Bolsonaro in Brazil, we've talked about him on the podcast. Um, but so I think yeah it's like what is the US's role and then how can if if you don't support intervention I think it's like how can we support the people of exactly Venezuela? but
2: that's why it's very important for us to dissociate the two because you know like um the Maduro regime today in my opinion is not socialist right because you know um most of the um, socialism of the 21st century that Chavez began to do was based on partial expropriation. So, for example, the oil companies, that there were a lot of oil companies from the U.S., were transformed into private-public jo- ven- ven- ventures. Mm. So the state owns 60% of the revenue, but still 40% goes to these corporations. Mm. Some corporations left the country, like Exxon and, 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 and Philips. Others remained, like Chevron. So Chevron is still making money today in Venezuela, but also you have Total from France, you have Mm -hmm. any from Italy, BP from the UK. So you have these corporations there who are still like have this joint agreement that was imposed by Mm -hmm. the government. But the whole economy of Venezuela was built on oil. So when the uh, oil prices began to crash in 2014, that was just after the death of Chavez, the Maduro regime was in a situation where like they had redistributed some of this money. Right. Other money were kept by the people in government, the military, which is a new nationalist bourgeoisie that is in power. But mm-hmm. they had to stop cutting all of the social programs. Inflation goes up. So when workers rise to protest, because that's what workers were doing. Yeah. They repress them and send them in jail when they criticize the government. They say, if you criticize the government, you're an agent of imperialism. So there is a popular uprising that has been severely repressed. In Venezuela, right? Yeah. So, and what you just said is super interesting in terms of the you're you're an imperialist. So that's sort of
1: Maduro's line, and it's a good line because if you rise up against the government, well, that must mean that you support the United States and all these imperialist motherfuckers. And it's like no, no, we can say two things at the same time. We can yeah. you, but it is such a good um, cudgel. <laughs> it's a good shield, you know, to say like, "Wow, you're just an agent of like the you know the right." And it gets complicated there, you know. And I think. Venezuela is um, it's it's uh, the like it's the least black and white situation of of so many countries. You know, and I think that especially coming from the U.S., a lot of the news that we get uh, from Latin America comes from Miami. I lived in Buenos Aires for five years. That's why I'm like I'm super invested. I can say I'm like an adopted Argentine. Um, a lot of people online think I'm Argentine is hella funny when I tell them like I love a strong Latina. Well, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm Chinese. Um <laughs> But so I'm I'm interested and in invested in it. Um, but it's like, how can I have talked to folks and friends who left Venezuela, who live in Brazil now, who are like, it is a huge crisis. It's
2: a humanitarian crisis. It is a humanitarian hum- crisis. 48 like percent of people live in poverty. People cannot eat. Right. Three million people have left the country right. the same way people living from Honduras or they're living from El Salvador. So there needs to be a response, and the Maduro government is not offering a response, Sure, and it's not going to offer a response, because its response is to stay in power by any means necessary. And then
1: say that it's imperialism, which it
2: kind of is. I don't, it's a, there's Here's my thing about Venezuela. There's no good way out of this. There is one good way, what you said at the beginning. The workers rise and... Kick Maduro out, and do but they gotta eat it. first before they can rise what? up. But they can, they can occupy the factories. They can occupy the, you know, like True. There is a lot of wealth produced in this country. There is auto take production. over an oil tanker. Of course, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what I'm saying I is love like, you, but that's what socialism is about. It's about workers <laughs> rising and yeah. building power and, yeah. and and controlling the economy from below and making the country work for people's needs, not for profit. For sure, not for profit of this rich bourgeoisie that the minority of the Venezuelan who's in government. Not Not in profit for the multinational corporations, but for people. So Venezuela has a lot of resources and working people in Venezuela, indigenous communities have a lot of resources to, you know, they could take over Mm -hmm. and they are organizing to take over Mm -hmm. to make the country work for them and build a real socialism of the 21st century. And in Venezuela, because of the history of mobilizations and workers' movement, it's possible.
1: So you're saying I could be
2: president? I think you need to move there.
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> number one move there number two learn how to say brother every
2: what do they say brother don't yeah. they say brother but I think it's oh go ahead Kevin oh. you want
0: to- well if you get a certain amount of retweets on that dude you, you should be able to be president right
1: I think that's how it works <laughs> I think if I get a thousand retweets I am de facto president I'm, in fact I got a lot of support I got so much support on that tweet for being president that I was like maybe I should open an exploratory committee Now that all these Dems are putting their, you know, name into the hat here, you know, Kamala, look out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look the fuck out. (laughs) Um, Just going like, of course, a lot of people on the uh, like, if you're Fox News, people eat dogs in Venezuela and we should overthrow them. And obviously we know they are off the fucking charts. But on the left, it's more unclear. Uh, Democrats, some of them have come out. I, I think Bernie Sanders actually had a really solid, again, series of tweets, which was like, What's going on in Venezuela is a humanitarian crisis. That being said, we need to not be in the habit of regime change as the United States. We are not. This is not our role. And um, I caution against that, essentially. So pretty good. Pretty good line.
2: It needs to go further than that.
1: Could go further than that.
2: Because the U.S. is also its foreign policy and its neoliberal policy and free trade agreements and all the economic sanctions that the U.S. applies to Latin American countries. Is also the structural crisis, right, of the humanity, well, economic the group. That so now,
1: now Trump is like, oh yeah, I'll give you twenty million dollars for this transition. It's like fool. Where was that twenty million dollars before? So it's like it's so open. Like okay, you're, you're going to drop the sanctions because that's preventing you know medicine and food and other they drop things. Should
2: be dropped immediately.
1: Like drop the sanctions. Why immediately. Why you sanction
2: someone else? You know? Right,
1: and also why is there only money because you? You like the government now. You want to control the new
2: government. It's because of oil.
1: Uh, I can't wait for all the oil to be gone from the planet. We'll be gone too, but see...
2: (laughs) The planet will be gone.
1: (laughs) At least the seagulls and the rats will have a fucking dope time. Our targeted character assassination of the week sort of on the same lines of like meddling in elections um except this time we were on the receiving end so as blanca put it uh i guess we have to be against intervention um unless we want putin to just run shit because like maybe we just you know like at least someone is you know um this, this week's targeted character assassination is Mr. Roger Stone, who, if you don't know about him, you should watch the Netflix documentary Get Me Roger Stone. He is a GOP operative who's essentially like Trump's Mickey, you know, like Rockyhead Mick. This is like he's like his little like, you gotta get up. He has been Trump's advisor forever. He encouraged him to run for president years before he actually did. Um, and he was indicted. By Robert Mueller and the special counsel for lying to Congress, Um, who was indicted and then like let set out on like or let out on two hundred and fifty thousand dollars bail. But he didn't even pay the bail. He just promised to pay the bail, which I totally don't get. (laughs) Like if, yeah, you know, if like all people who are like arrested for like having some weed on them were like, nah, I'll get you. The hundred (laughs) fifty dollars like, cool. Um, Anyway, the the dude, uh, Roger Stone, we now know has was the go between between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. And via that was able to um, find out that the DNC leaks were going to happen, the dumps, um, and essentially was tasked by we're not sure, but most likely Someone in the Trump administration, I think it was Steve Bannon, to get more information from WikiLeaks. What what else do they have? Uh, WikiLeaks basically d- dumped these DNC emails that they got for, via Guccifer 2.0, which is just the weirdest name for a hacker. Guccifer. I don't even know what that is. Where's 1.0? I think he's in jail. <laughs> so Guccifer 2.0, which essentially was a hacking entity that was a, um, that w- out of Russia that was contracted by the Russian government and by Russian intelligence. And uh, we have had Paula Newdorf on this show before who actually spoke to one of the hackers who couldn't confirm or deny, but basically said, yeah, I was part of this team that was tasked with ha- hacking the DNC servers. Um, and that's sort of how it all got funneled back to the Trump campaign. Um, Roger Stone used these two other stooges to, as go-betweens, and he provided his information to Steve Bannon. He's called himself an agent provocateur, like openly, mm-hmm. um, and he's been described as the sinister Forrest Gump of American politics, <laughs> meaning dude's been everywhere at every time. There's photos of him with Nixon. Right. Um, he's I'm sure he's somewhere in the Bush administration. I forget exactly where he and Paul Manafort used to work together in a PR group that was represented dictators like Marcos of Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um he, Uh, He's been everywhere and uh, he also apparently was the guy who encouraged Trump to fire uh, James Comey the former FBI director, so he's been arrested and then he got let out on bail and Now it's unclear whether he's gonna flip on the president whether he's gonna like throw him under the bus Um, He says he won't I don't know. What do you what do you what do do you guys make of this story? Are you following the Mueller investigation at all? Do you care is this is this too much, Kevin?
0: <laughs> it's all too much <laughs> no, I, I just feel like I don't know i I just don't trust it. I didn't know that he like promised to pay the 250 thousand dollars or something like that. That just sounds crazy to me. <laughs> all this stuff just sounds crazy to me, and like as much as Trump has been lying and, and he, this guy, Roger Stone getting busted for lying, it's like they all find a way out of it. Mm. I don't know i just don't I don't trust it until I see. See them for reals locked up or out of here. Yeah. You
1: know? I think that's, I think what's interesting about this whole thing is that a lot of Democrats are like, yeah, the Mueller investigation. And like, what if at the end of the day, despite all the crimes and all of the convictions and all of the actually admissions to guilt, no one really mm-hmm. goes to jail? Mm-hmm. and no law really gets changed like that's my fear i'm not scared of the fact that like people are putting too much stock in it i'm scared of the fact that like if we as a left as someone from the left and as a progressive if we say that the Mueller investigation is just for the the like stupid establishment dems in the mainstream media where's the accountability like if they're not actually held accountable like Do you know what I'm saying by that? So I hear what you mean. is like, I'll believe it when I see people actually serving time. I mean, we know Papadopoulos served like a month, maybe like 20 days in jail. That dude is like going straight back. But anyway, I don't know. Blanca, what are your thoughts on this?
2: It's been a while I don't... Follow the details of the mirror investigation. That's, I need to confess that. I mean, I saw the, the new head headlines about this new character of the, yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> the family, uh-huh. the, the, the little cousin that just appeared here. He's like the
1: Dick Tracy that never got hugged as a child. Imagine that. Yeah. He's just wearing over-the-top
2: suits... But, you know, like, I think, like, for me, like, there's a moment where, where do these people come from? Like, Manafort, <laughs> like, Trump, like, all this, like... Batman cartoons. Like, it's like, they don't really have a real job. Like, all of their life, they are just been, like, like lying and doing these tricks and things like that, you know? Like, and why these people rise to the top? Of the government and have yeah. accumulated so much power. All of us, we need to wake up early in the morning, go to work. You know, we have we cannot tell the landlord, I'm going to pay you tomorrow the, <laughs> in one month. But uh, you my can rent. get a loan out yeah. on. Can't you take a loan? Yeah. What do you go to the food bank? Uh, you take what a, do you mean? Yeah. So then, then for me, like, I have this deep feeling of disgust hmm. of not only the corruption, but the fact that, you know, we are ruled by people who are deeply tied to the corporations, but then also, like, deeply mediocre and stupid <laughs> and useless. Like, they're true parasites, you know? And so there's a moment where, like, it's kind of very painful to have to keep on going, you know, and see that the poverty surrounding our neighborhoods and people who cannot make ends meet, and then turn on the TV and see all of these debates. And, of course, no, no one goes to jail. No one pays the bill. You know, there's always like, you know, like, um, like this in Argentina, que se vayan todos, out oh, with them yes. all. Yes. Out with them all and, and if and if this doesn't conclude with anything, people are gonna kick them out, you know. Um, yeah. like the teachers are going on strike, that you know people are organizing in this country. So, you know, there is a moment like I'm not so interested in the detail, yeah. you know, I just I am I am angry and fed up with it. What do you think about Trump supporters? You
1: all know any Trump supporters? This is always the it's always a million dollar question of like, when do they turn their backs on the president? You know, Right. do you think this could be a a final straw or how are people reading this, you know, from the other side?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I I think I read something where Trump still has like a 35 percent approval rate (laughs) like it dipped. But. Who the fuck are those 35%? Who are those people? I have people in my family, actually, uh, that are— Filipinos? That are Filipinos. No, that are <laughs> uh, Trump supporters. It's very weird. Like, I don't know what what it is. I think it's— uh, Have
1: you engaged them?
0: Yeah, and they're the types that, that kind of post stuff on Facebook that looks— you know very questionable from questionable resources yeah and then
2: daily I, caller
0: yeah and I, I don't know why why they are but i don't know what's going to make them break
2: but i think i think we have to make a difference between people who voted for trump as an act of protest mm. because they perceive like the two main parties in this country because unfortunately there's only two right they're kind of uh, very corrupt. There's this kind of elite which is like take turns in ruling the government, but they, for the last 40 years, their living conditions have not improved. Right. So they said, fuck it. We're going to vote for this new guy who sure. says that he's going to change things with a right wing program. But it's kind of the same people who also, not the same, but it's the same anger of people who voted for Bernie. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a disconnect. Like a lot of people in this country are saying we don't want to continue business as usual. Right. And I think there's a, then there's a minority of these people who like, are hella racist and mm-hmm. nationalist, but I don't think the 62 million who voted for Trump, you know, like, are. are they, I think it was a vote of protest against the situation in this country. And so, for example, if you look at the movement of the Yellow Vest in France, mm-hmm. which is also a, a movement of working-class people, the urban poor, the rural poor, who are away from the big cities, from the people, the enlightened left, the middle class, people who go to university, some of them are also the people who have voted for the right-wing party. And then one moment they said, uh, the the real right wing party like the yeah. Front National yeah, yeah, and they yeah, took yeah. it to the streets you know yeah. and they and against the Macron government so I just think that the 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 government shutdown for example begin to hurt a lot of the Trump supporters because people were were not so I think that the economic policies of trump Mm -hmm. are hurting workers sure and they're hurting a lot of the workers who voted for trump and i think it's just a matter of time yeah for these workers to see like we're not better with trump than we were with the previous government absolutely so not said i think we do need to engage those workers on their racial politics and on their gender politics and on their nationalist politics because they're kind of drinking the kool-aid that the problem is the other but i think it's where like class and race and gender intersect we cannot just say well, these a bunch of dummies. I don't know how they could vote for it. I know how people for 40 years who are poor and then keep working and working and things got worse and the kids don't make it to college and the cost of living goes up and they get more in debt and, I, and they've been promised that they're better because they're American and they're white and that all these things are being promised, they don't see it. I understand they're angry. And so we need to see how do we connect with their anger and at the same time educate them that their worldview needs to expand and change for them to get a better life. You know, I do think we need to engage politically with some of these may say 2020. Can I just say that? (laughs)
1: Uh, Here's I, I I definitely agree. I'm just so glad that Trump sucks So hard like I'm so glad that he and his bungled ass administration and this pin Walking pinstripe of a piece of shit Roger Stone are so fucking bad at their jobs because What scares me is good right wing populism, like word scales meaning like effective, like imagine if they were a little bit more effective at their jobs, then having those conversations around race and gender and like engaging people, that'd be so much harder because they're like, well, it seems to be working. And it's like, no, it's not, you know, but, you know, you you the conditions for fascism could still once if and when we defeat Trump, this boss, because we will. But like when we get past that level of PlayStation, then there's gonna be a whole new gaming console called like, you know And it's gonna be better. Okay, just go with me on this metaphor It's gonna be better and it's gonna there because the conditions for fascism right-wing fascism could really there is only right-wing fascism Could be better, you know in the future, which is why when I see 2020 candidates, right? And they're all coming through they're on Rachel Maddow my girl Um, Not totally. I just I watch her. I like her they come on, you know, Kamala, you've got uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, um, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren. And to me, if they're not problematizing exactly that of like Trump was a protest vote. Yes, it was a cheated vote. Yes, it was um, an electoral college vote piece of shit vote mm-hmm. but even if hillary had won there's still way too many people like you're saying kevin 35 percent still support that's way too many people so what is that and if we're not saying that it, there was something wrong before 2016 and there's still something wrong in 2020 like then you're gonna lose you're gonna lose and and you won't you might not lose next election but like that next gaming console, we're going to it's going to beat the shit out of us. You know, if we don't actually are like, all right, there's some deep seated like inequality and uh, uh- like racism you know um, which I think is harder to get through for me it's like why do I have to have sympathy for the white supremacists? But
2: it's not it's, it's, it's two different things right with the white supremacists we cannot have any sympathy we need to organize mm-hmm. and we need to defeat them mm-hmm. we, you don't negotiate with fascists right with people come armed and they mm-hmm. say we want to beat up black people or Jewish people or Palestinian people you're not going to organize a debate or you're not going to debate with them mm-hmm. you, you're going to defend you're going to organize working class people to defend yourself now that's not the situation the 60 million people are affiliated to the Ku Klux Klan right now or to the proud boys right Mm -hmm. so so we need to separate the two we need to see yes there is a rise of the alt-right groups and there's a turn and 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 the racist ideas and sexist ideas and they're kind of being out there and enacted right Mm -hmm. and then we need to combat them these ideas and we need to oppose and organize against i mean when when the fascists came here to berkeley we all organized the protest and we kicked them out of the city twice We kicked them out of the city. We scared them because we built a big coalition of unions and faith groups and community groups and socialist groups. And we said, you're not going to come to our town to intimidate us. We're not going to debate with you. We're going to kick you out. And so watch out because next time you will regret, you know, like now I think that's different from having a lot of political conversations with a lot of people who are not that there are maybe attracted by these groups, but are not there yet, but who are really suffering and angry about their situation. To these people, we need to say, well, we need to build an alternative. Because what's been going on in this country is not working. Right. You can't just, you have to present an alternative.
1: Unfortunately, we have to, like, we can't de, we can't end racism first and then build something. We have to build something that includes, like, anti-racist platforms. Combine both things. things. Because you're never going to get everyone, unless you show them that, like, immigrants aren't scary, by, uh, like, making them citizens and, like, helping them. Like, oh, yeah. And whatevs. It's it's what's so fun about this moment, though, is just a few series of things and blunders like Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, saying that he doesn't know. We referenced it earlier. He doesn't know why um, furloughed workers are having to go to food banks. uh, Why can't they just take out a loan? And then we found out that he like pads around the White House in a thousand dollar like silk slippers or some
0: shit.
1: (laughs) And this is a guy who I think has like one of he either his wife or he has like the largest collection of Faberge eggs in oh, the world, nice. like this is the level of privilege and like disconnection that we're talking about. Um, and then Lara Trump, who is Eric's wife, I believe, saying on like a news program, they're like, you know, I know it hurts, but like, it's for the greater good, you know, you just gotta, you know, I just uh, eat rice for like two <laughs> weeks or whatever. And you know, kids don't always have to eat breakfast. <laughs> OK, guys, let's move into our final segment a little bit lighter, a little bit more irreverent, but just something that's been on my mind. This is Sex Elect Overthrow, the game in which we decide who we would send DMs to, who we would elect to office and who we would just want to throw down the trash shoot of history forever. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is this edition is the self-help theme because of the Netflix series. Uh, The magic of tidying up and because so many people are watching Marie Kondo and seeing how she folds underwear and are somehow not turned on by that, but are like, "Okay, I need to, you know, clean up my life. Um, The Buffalo exchanges and crossroads and vintage stores around the country rejoice. They're being over (laughs) overrun with all the shit we didn't need in the first place. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, let's stack Marie Kondo up against two other very, very famous self-help people, life hack people. Dr. Phil, the daytime psychologist of Oprah Winfrey fame, and also yes. of Cash Me Outside girl fame, which was mm-hmm. the last time he, he came into the limelight. Um, <laughs> and Rhonda, ba- Rhonda Byrne, Rhonda Byrne, who is the author of The Secret she's worth $60 million. She's an Australian writer and, and, um, uh, like television star. And she wrote the secret. The secret basically is like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Uh, the power of positive thinking, all you got to do is manifest that shit. Um, who would we sex? Who would we think? Who do we think is fit for office? And who do we not give a fuck about Kevin?
0: Hmm. That's really good. Uh, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna overthrow Kondo.
1: Uh, oh, this is
0: the thing. Everybody loves her, right? I mean, I don't know if you all do, but uh, <laughs> I, I I'm familiar with the book and I've I've watched some of the Netflix episodes. There's something a little too ah, uh, like quote unquote Oriental about her that's just <laughs> annoying. That that people love her so much and
1: just the uh, giggly quiet Yeah, or oh, she she has to speak doesn't she or do they she, just subtitle her and she giggles they subtitle
0: her and she <laughs> giggles and then the translators there and she giggles as well but it's just there's something there's something missing about that philosophy that she has i think it's kind of like uh what's missing cuz she's basically going to people's houses and saying oh clean this up and then she leaves <laughs> <laughs> she's clean your shit
1: up they
0: clean it up and then they go oh thank you so much you helped us so much I'm like what does she do she's you know, a
1: lazy Mary Poppins is that exactly, what you're saying exactly <laughs> yeah
0: I think there's something missing if she really want to get I think it should be like a deeper the show should be like a little deeper like I would I would suggest I mean you know if it was like feng shui and cleaning mm-hmm. or something like that where it's all she's doing is just telling people to clean up and fold their clothes and get rid of stuff. But how do you not know that already?
1: Yeah. That's that's very nineties.
0: Yeah. Wait. I don't
1: know. No, it's true. We need we need a lot more. So who would you elect? And who would you who would you sext?
0: I'm a sex Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Well, he's a doctor. Sure. And so he
1: strictly clinical sex. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's consultation. Um, yeah
0: definitely dr phil uh and then what would you sext him? Uh, my am a penis <laughs> 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 like you
1: know
0: <laughs> uh, sext him uh you know no, whatever i i i'm not like attracted to the guy or nothing like that i just feel like it's safer with him
2: <laughs> sure, a, sure
1: sure sure um he would try to like read your mind though he would try to read into this like what does this angle that you <laughs> took of the photo say about uh-huh. you and how can i exploit it on my national <laughs> national television
0: show i don't know i think he's uh i think he's alright i mean you know i have no problems with him i i, I wouldn't want to uh, elect him that's the thing mm-hmm. i like barber right uh burn burn
1: you like burn oh, yeah, have Bern. you ever practiced the secret in your own life
0: no but i get the gist <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's just I positive it. vibes,
0: you Yeah, know? It's just like, think positive. That's yeah. a great, what a great present. 60 million
1: make. just for saying that.
0: Yeah, just think, manifest. I love manifesting because I'm super lazy, you know? You can just sit. <laughs> Did you know you can just sit and just manifest money and it'll come to you? <laughs> Amazing. I, I, I read this uh, other thing about um, uh, imagining a river of money stop flowing towards you stop it yeah i do that i do that and uh has it worked yeah i got 20 bucks last <laughs> <laughs> i did a set for 30 minutes so i got 20 bucks <laughs> no but I, there's something to it i mean just when you think positively you know yeah, you're imagining a river of body. ones
1: is your
2: problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> all right blanca what about you so, I think I, I will overthrow Rhonda Byrne.
1: Ooh. Mm. Tell me why.
2: It's because, like, this new age, think positively, and <laughs> things will be. For me, it's that because it's the new phase of the neoliberalization of society <laughs> and the. Inter- oh, wow. So, well, because, like, every time you complain about something, they say, like, think positive. Like, be creative, Mm -hmm. find new solutions. And it's like, no, 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 the, the way things are right now don't allow me to think. But so I think that's, you know, it's been used a lot to deviate, uh, struggles and people who want to change. I think, look, but you guys are so angry. You're so negative. You you're, would hate my yoga class. You're always complaining <laughs> about your wages and your working conditions and the environment and there Why you just don't relax and breathe in and breathe out? Sure. And I say like well, I cannot breathe because of <laughs> yeah. fires here. Don't let me breathe uh-huh. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I you know like I just think like that's you know I feel like adding insult to injury you know for me like that so then then I have a big dilemma what to do with it to others because I need to say do I put sex first or politics first right
1: Ooh, always always a tough one
2: yeah I mean
1: most presidents have done both yeah at the same time
2: because <laughs> I, I don't think I could uh, sex dr. Phil so we'll have to sex Mary Kondo and then elect dr. Phil and I don't know how I'll feel about that I would like to elect Mary Kondo with one caveat mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. I own more than 30 books so I will be I'm a little bit worried about what will happen to my library and my book collection. <laughs> she have no problem
1: in the Trump administration though no. like, Well, um we could take the two books and put them we have Mind Kampf over here <laughs> and then we have Ayn Rand over here and if we there's a big space in the middle for manifest destiny. <laughs> exactly. Um that's great. Uh, okay, so you're electing... Do- no, electing Marie or electing Phil? Uh,
2: let's elect Phil. Okay, he will help us process.
1: Absolutely. On national
2: television.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You
2: know all of the problems we have in society. You know.
1: I agree with that. I super agree with that. I'm okay. So I don't know. I I, I definitely know. I hate burn as well i hate i think the reason that we have trump is because the power of positive thinking is like actually just white power and that's he he manifested himself into the presidency he was like i can do it and i can do anything and then he did he totally had a vision board it was mostly just like You know, prostitutes peeing on each other, and then him in the White House, and like that shit is awful. And I feel like we've seen this whole year. We saw him with Kim Kardashian in the Oval Office. We saw him with a bunch of Big Macs in the Oval Office imagery. I never wanted to see. And you know, he like (laughs) drew that before he was elected. He was like, and then I'm with Kim, and then me eating a Big Mac, and with a lot of tough guys. And it's like, no, no, stop imagining that so put that away even though i do i do like the word manifest because i just moved to la Mm -hmm. and i've got a lot of crystals and i like that word manifest i do believe in that generally but fuck that no um (laughs) dr phil um dr phil can be overthrown because shit no i really like dr phil (laughs) I think Marie Kondo and Dr. Phil will have a power sharing agreement in the White House and um, I will not sect them. Because I don't want, you know, to black. No, I will sex them so I can blackmail them if they mess up. So sex both of them and elect both of them in a power sharing agreement. Kondo is going to reorganize the State Department and she's going to reorganize all the things that Trump messed up. Enact a lot more laws uh, that were norms before. And Dr. Phil, thanks to his segment on white privilege, he totally had one. Check it out. It was great. Will exactly help us through this new reconstruction that this country needs to go through. Um, so we can prevent another civil war. Yo, condo? F- What's Dr. Phil's last name? Condo f- ill. <laughs> 2020. I like this. Um, do you guys approve? I like it. Any last words before we sign off? Kevin, what you got going on?
0: Uh, I got stuff happening. <laughs> I've been a, I'm actually going to Sundance tomorrow, and I'll be there for a week. Uh, you know there's a little tv show we're trying to push out there uh, with a bunch of san francisco comics called the dress up gang
1: oh my Uh, god so are you screening it there
0: yeah we're gonna screen it we're gonna screen a couple episodes of it
1: oh that's so cool okay Mm -hmm. if you're going to sundance dress up gang
0: yeah so look out for that so hopefully that'll be out and uh just doing more stand-up and uh, probably going to go on a tour in uh, March, starting March, okay. uh, like a West Coast tour, probably.
1: Fuck yeah. Well, I hope to have you back on the podcast before
2: that happens. Wonderful. <laughs> Blanca, what do we need to do? Give us our marching orders. We need to support the Oakland teachers that are going to go on strike after the L.A. teachers. And, you know, there's a new wave of strikes, uh, teachers in Virginia and in Denver. So that's uh, important. Support
1: teachers. Shout out to my brother who is a yeah. Oakland a public school teacher.
2: Yeah, that is very important because they, they're fighting for everybody. They're fighting not only for them, their better wages and working conditions, but they're fight, fighting to have smaller class sizes, to have more nurses, more counselors in the schools. They're fighting to make community schools that will talk about immigration and, and racial politics. So I think the teachers, I mean, they showed it in West Virginia, Oklahoma last year, but they continue continuing this year. I think the teachers are showing us a way. Hell yeah. And most of them are women. Yeah, and that's also why they're underpaid and, and mistreated. And I think they're they're showing uh, a great intelligence and capacity to organize from our class. March eighth, so, then
1: can we also join the international women's strike?
2: We must join the international women's strike. It's going to be an International Day of Action for Women's Rights and Immigrant Rights and Labor Rights. And so we're planning some assemblies and, and protests here. Here in Oakland. What about down? What about in
1: L.A.? What about in New York? In L.A.
2: and New York, we had we had uh, actions uh, all over the country last year. So, yeah, if you if you go womenstrikeus.org, you have the website. You will find all the information there.
1: Okay, can can you go if you're not a woman? To the march?
2: Yeah, of course. But you need to respect the space of women. Hell yeah. Not like everybody should fight for women's rights, but they also need to respect the leadership and the autonomy women are trying to build. But unless everybody joins the fight, we're not gonna change society.
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah, support teachers, support women. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Bituation Room. Rate us on iTunes, give us all the love, share this podcast with your family and friends, and remember, in 2019, don't just bitch about it, be about it, Bye bye